we're diving into David today. And if you need sermon notes, wave at the ushers or, or run them to you. And don't try to answer ahead because you think you might know, but I've got trick questions out here again. So uh, it's, uh, I want to remind you that you're David. You're a giant killer. What giants do we face today? How about cancer? Uh, how about divorce? How about your kids on drugs? How about anything and everything is a giant that you can't change? Because there's things in this life we can't change. We, we, I, if, if I could change them, then we wouldn't have anybody in the hospital. Amen. But I cannot change certain things, but I can pray. And I can pray and I can believe. And, and so in the Old Testament, it shows us physical battles that people had that are spiritual battles for us. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know? We're not fighting that kind of, we don't have a rock in our pocket and a sling in our pocket, and, you know, but we fight spiritual battles. And today we're going to talk about the secret to David's success. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all ready? Y'all think y'all know, but we're going to dig into it. Are you ready? So number one, you're writing down, write this down. David is anointed and becomes not king. A worshiper. What? And the oldest he could have been was probably 15. Any 15-year-olds in here? Can you stand up? Any 15-year-olds? They're too scared. Are uh, uh, you 15? Stand up. Man, you big. Yeah, yeah, you're strong too. Look at y'all. They, they, they're pretty good size. So that's the big, but still. Hey. Let me get my man over here to stand up and thank y'all y'all all out in a bag of chips, you know. Here's the thing. It's not size. It's God on the inside of you. And I don't care if you're big, small, whatever. You need God on the inside of you. And David was anointed to be king, but with that anointing, it came, became a relationship with God. As a boy, he had a relationship with God. Every Jewish child was talk, taught about God, and we, we, you know, Rob brought it up Sunday school. We teach, we teach that Moses built the ark in Sunday school. Y'all missed it. Y'all ain't paying attention. Noah built the ark. I test y'all. Noah built the ark. That Daniel's in the lion's den. All these stories. But wait a minute. They did it by faith. It has never rained when Noah started building the ark, and it took him 120 years. And we quit in 30 minutes. God, you didn't answer. Come on. Got to have faith is, is, is really called tenacity. I'm going to believe God no matter what. Hell, high water, I don't care what happens. I'm serving God. Uh, you know, I've, I've counseled with people, and, and she said or he said, if you don't quit serving God, I'm going to leave you. I want to go back to partying. Man, I got through with that counseling session. I went back to my wife. I said, don't ever give me that because adios, amigo, I cannot... God's first. I love you, but I'm a, you're a poor Savior. And I'm a poor Savior. Jesus is my Savior. I can, I'm nothing without him. And, 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 if, 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 you know, and, and she agreed. I mean, she wouldn't do that. But the point is, though, there are people that will tell you that. And in these last days, you know, y'all need to quit serving God. You're going to jail. We're going to take your money out of the bank from you. Whatever the pressure that they think they put on you, 
to quit serving Jesus. And David was under pressure. Okay? Pressure started. Oh, Goliath was easy. <laughs> he faced the stuff that you face. That bills to pay. Oh, to be king. Oh, if I was just king. If I was on the mountain and I could just flicker my finger and people would wait on me. Are you kidding me? Come up here and stand and hear all the, yeah, 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 yeah. It's too loud. The music's too hot in here. It's too cold in here, Pastor. When are we going to change this blue carpet? And I'm trying to give a message from God, but we worried about your, your bald head shining in my eyes, Pastor. Can you put some makeup on it? But leadership is pressure. And David was under pressure from the beginning. If you, you know, I've had... <laughs> I had a salesman I'm training, and I go, do you understand what I'm telling you? He goes, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's confused, you know, and he, had, he was king of the one line. I'm as lost as a ball in high weeds. And I'm like, dude, pay attention to me. Anyway, let's read this right quick. In 1 Samuel 16, 13, Samuel is looking. Saul messed up. Saul would not be obedient. Matter of fact, the people talked Saul out of being obedient with God. The pressure of life, the pressure of your kids, the pressure of your job. I don't let anybody talk you out of serving God. And the people said, you know what? God said totally. Listen, God's trying to get Jesus into the earth. In the Old Testament, all of that stuff's rough and tough. I want you to annihilate everything, the animals and everything. Who knows what they were carrying, diseases, what's happening and you know what? They left the king alive. They kept the, the sheep. They kept the best animals and everything. And God said, no. And Samuel said, well, we, we. he started doing excuses like we do. Well, no, -uh. there's no excuse stands up to God. He knows. And so the Spirit of God left. I said Samuel didn't twice. Saul, and God told Samuel. And Samuel loved Saul. And Samuel cried. And, and God said, how long are you going to cry? For Saul, there's somebody else. I picked a king. And here's where he goes to David. And Samuel took the horn uh, of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord, the, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Let me stop right there. The day you asked Jesus to come into your life, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord came into your life. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Well, Lord, I don't feel like the Lord with me anymore, Pastor. That's why you don't live by feelings. We live by what God said. God said, I never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you always. But it don't feel like it. You don't have to feel like it. You're married whether you feel like it or not. And those kids are counting on you whether you feel like it or not. I've been so sick, I couldn't get out of bed, but I had to make some oatmeal. I'm going to have to cook something. we got to feed somebody, you know? And the thing about it is, I still got, I've got to get up and go to work. I don't feel like going to work. Well, I'm not going to keep a job very long if I don't feel like going in and don't go in. Hmm. It's, it's, it's it. And so there's things you have to do. We can't live by feelings. Because we, fit, we oh, I just don't feel y'all like y'all like, like, like me anymore. I can see the expression on your face. Well, he ate bad pizza last night. He's sitting there burping it, and that's why he got a bad look on his face. You can't go by feelings of what you see. 
We do that, though. I don't think they like me anymore. That has nothing to know. You're going by feelings. Quit that. Go up to them and get in their face. Hey, I just want to tell you, I'm so glad to see you today. I love you. And when they looking bad. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll quit. So David was at the most 15 years old. And, and I'm going to jump down to verse 17. Uh, so Saul, now, now listen. So the Spirit of God left Saul, and now he's being tormented by, by a, a demonic spirit. And anybody ever been in here been, de been depressed? Anybody in here ever been down and out? How many of you know it could be a demonic spirit? I'm not saying you're possessed. I'm telling you the devil trying to check you up. He wants you to get fired. He wants you to get divorced. He wants you to get mean, be mean to your kids. Come on. And so there is an enemy that we have to contend with. Now, in the Old Testament, it said it was sent from God. Everything came from God, good and bad. But Jesus came to set the record straight. Jesus is our doctrine. Be careful what you believe in the Old Testament because they didn't understand it. Jesus said, I, in John 10, 10, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief stole Saul's kingdom from him. Now, David's got the kingdom, and here it is. So, so they came to Saul and said, look, you're tormented. You need to get somebody that knows how to worship in here. You need to get somebody in here that knows how to praise. Or is that, is that you? Would they call on you? I ain't talking about being a good singer. I'm not talking about being able to play an instrument. I'm talking about can you enter in the presence of God? Do you know God? So he said, provide me now. Saul said, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Wow. And so in verse uh, 23, and so it was, well, uh, let me see. Uh, in verse 18 now, then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, uh, Bethlehemite. He's, you know, y'all are withites. If you live in, if you're Blandites, any Blandites, you know, they just don't tell us where you're from. And so who's skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech and handsome in person. I think Samuel kind of added this because he knew where David was going. Because David's 15, 14, 15, but he's playing. He's playing and he's worshiping while he's keeping his daddy's sheep. Next verse we're going to read. He learned to worship on his own. You need to learn to worship on your own. You need to cut off a highway to hell and put on something about Jesus while you're driving down the road. You need to put all there's a tear in my beer and turn on some, put on something about Jesus on. And learn to worship him. And whatever they're singing, singing or talking about, Father, you're good. You're good to me. I just declare you're good to me. Father, I thank you that you're great and mighty. Oh, you're great and mighty to me. And I'll worship you whether I never get anything from you. Because you're the God of the universe. Learn to worship. Learn to magnify him. And so, uh, uh, in verse 23, and so it was whenever the Spirit of God was upon Saul, or, or the Spirit from God, was upon Saul that David would take his harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed, and well, the distressing spirit would depart from him. You're down and out. Put the music on, baby. Worship Jesus. And if you're really in trouble, do like our sister and come up here and dance. You know, I can't dance a lick, but I still dance. I got a basement where I dance in where nobody can laugh at me and make fun of me. But I dance before the Lord. I shout, 
You know, you need to practice shouting. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. What do you shout? Oh, okay, we're going to get to it in just a second. Yeah, because that's that's how you call it. You call God. Did you know they marched around Jericho? And the hardest part was probably, you know what the hardest part was? Keeping your mouth shut. If God ain't ever told you to shut up, you're not listening. Don't say nothing. When bad news comes, the best thing to do is keep your mouth shut. I had a man come, and he was dying of cancer, and I was about 25 years old, and he came up, and I'm wanting to, let me pray with him. Let me pray. And mm, the Lord wouldn't let me talk to him. Keep your mouth shut and let him talk to you. He's wanting, he's, he's telling you his troubles, and I just want you to love on him and be there for him. And he's, on, he's 80 and I'm 25. Who am I? I'm just a punk. But God had me there to keep my mouth shut and to just show him compassion and love. Hmm? So sometimes saying nothing's great. And so as, as, as we dive into this, uh, number two is worship helped David overcome. It prepared him. Because he learned to walk with the presence of God, guess what? God empowered him. God will empower you. Samson was a normal man. Samson didn't look like Hercules. Hercules was a big, bowed-up guy and all muscles, but the biblical Samson was a normal man. And he caught foxes. You ever caught a fox? No. Have you ever picked up the gates of the city that are 16 feet and probably 20, you know, 10 feet wide, and you picked them up and walked off with them? Like, y'all, y'all, y'all can't keep me out. He picked them up because the Spirit of God came on him. And the Spirit of God would come on David, and he did, it's how he killed Goliath. But he was so strong on David that even his men did exploits. You need to read them. His men killed giants. He wasn't the only one to kill a giant. There was one dropped down in a pit. There was a, a lion-like man who was a great fighter, and he jumped down in there with a staff and took that, 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 that man's spear away from him and killed him with it. Man, they did great and mighty acts. You know, they, they ran through a troop of people, jumped over a wall to get David a drink of water from Bethlehem. And David couldn't drink it. Man, y'all risk your life for me to have this water. They did exploits. Well, so did David. And when God's with you, you go, whoo, that was God. I was just happened to be here to witness it. I just happened to be in the way. Look what God did. Hmm? So, and worship is how David maintained the presence of God in his life. In 1 Samuel 17, 33, and Saul said to David, because David runs up to him and said, you know, this is after David. They have a relationship. This is after he's come and he's playing for Saul. He's going to check on his brothers for his daddy. His daddy's an older man. And, and David's just a young, and his, as an older brother, he's a young punk. Okay? And you just shut up is what his brother's saying. You just come down here to see the battle. And, and you, you know nothing. They were jealous of him. Because he come dragging in a lion skin one time, and they like, oh, you found that dead. It choked on one of your sheep. And you skin it and brought it in here and acting like you killed it. And so, so nobody would fight Goliath, and here's David in 1 Samuel 17, 33, and 
Saul said to David, you're not able to go up against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. But David said, Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and a lamb uh, and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck and killed it. Moreover, David, in verse 37, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he would deliver me uh, from the hand of this Philistine. Y'all, <laughs> y'all ever been around a big cat? I always tell the story. This guy was watching football in California, and, and he's watching the foot, and he sees something out of the glimpse out of his, at a corner of his eye, and he looks, and he just happens to catch a mountain lion with a 90-pound German shepherd in his 90-pound German shepherd in his mouth going over the fence. And he never heard anything. Dog didn't bark. Dog didn't make a sound. That cat come over the fence and got him. Ma'am, my daughter was, Brittany, I don't know where she's at, but she was sick, and I'm going, and I have to go to Tyler, Texas. They have a great zoo there. It was free at the time, and they were adding on to it, and I was renting construction equipment, and man, the big cats were there, and this, this line, the, the male line was over there, and another female, and this one was laying up against the fence, and she's sitting there, <laughs> she's irritated, because old big boy's over there. He doesn't have, you know. And so there was bush, and there was about an 18-foot fence. And, and I'm an outdoors guy, okay? I'm hunting with dogs, and I've seen them track and this and that and the other. And, and I said, let's just mess with her. And I lean over the bushes, and I, uh, 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 like I'm doing. And she steps up and guts on the front paws like that. And before I could move, she smashed into that fence to get me. Smashed her face into that fence. Okay, we're leaving. Let's go. <laughs> Because if it gets out, it's going to track me. It's going to track. It'll forget everybody and come after me because I irritated it. It will track me all the way to Louisiana. We are out of here. Big cats you can't kill. That's God. Okay? A bear. Uh, they told of a bear in the 20s that went around and wrestled people. A black bear, they declawed it. And people said, we'll give you $100. You can beat this bear. And the rougher the guys got, the more the better bear liked it. And they, he would just swat them, and they'd roll across the floor. It looked like slow motion. And he'd hit them so hard, they'd roll up. And nobody could beat the bear. David killed a bear in a line because he did exploits because God was on him. Okay? All right? And so, so how did he maintain? How did he learn this? He learned it through worship. Worship is powerful. And, and, and we re relegated to, or we just talk about, well, you know, I'm just saying. And we don't even know what we're singing half the time. Find a song that means something to you about God and begin to sing it. Man, I used to sing, and I would find songs that ministered to me, and that's the songs I wanted to sing. And I'd be crying and snotting. I'd have to sing it 20 times so I could get through it. Then I was ready to sing it. And so, so let's go to number three real quick. Uh, how David worshiped. Man, he, he worshiped in different ways. And, and one of them, and I brought this one out, and, and, and the, the Lord had got on Miss June to dance. David danced. And, and the way the Bible describes he danced in 2 Samuel 6, 13, he's already king, so he's over 30, around 30, and, and he's king, and they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant in, and that's what the Spirit of God was in. It rightfully belonged 
uh, with, with the children of Israel. And, and so it was in, in 2 Samuel 6.13, so it was when the, they were bearing the ark of the Lord, uh, had gone six paces, they sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, all his might, extravagantly. How about with a great abandon? How about with no dignity or pride? Because he's in his underwear. His wife got mad at him. You idiot. You're the king and you're acting like a fool. Well, I'm a fool for Jesus. And we need to be a fool for God. And so as we recognize this, you know, there's foolish things. I, I was in, in this, in this uh, I heard these two ministers talking. They were on the front row and this woman got up and danced. And, and you, you don't know what people are, why are they dancing? What is weird? What are they doing? And one of them was thinking that, and the other one leaned over and said, you see that woman dancing? He goes, yeah. He's like, how could you not? You know. And he goes, she was on a prostitute for 30 years, and she got saved. And now she's dancing before the Lord. And he goes, oh, Lord, forgive me. You see, sometimes you have to do something. You know, uh, sometimes you have to do something to, 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 to get you out of what you're in. Okay, let's talk about football. Does anybody know what the, the uh, 12th man is? It's the crowd, the sixth man, it's the crowd in basketball. The crowd to get the team up, push them to victory. They're exhausted in the fourth quarter, and they're screaming and slobbering. And ah! If you've ever done that and you can't worship in church, you're wrong. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little dignified, Pastor. We, you know, yes, we'll gather at the river, the beauty. You don't even know what river is talking about. Not the new river, and it's not the Mississippi. It's the river that comes from the throne of God. Come on. So, see, see, you read the Old Testament, they were, God's expressive. Did you know God got angry with the children of Israel? He told Moses, I'm starting over. And Moses was so tight with God, said, nope. No, you promised this much, that their seed would have the promised land. And there's a, there's a scripture that said, God's going to sing over us one day. Can you imagine Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit singing over us in three-part harmony? Ooh-wee. Talking about crying and being moved by emotions. God's emotion, but he's not moved by emotions. He has emotion. God is love. God is love, and God, God has emotions, and, and there's nothing wrong with emotions. You can't, okay, if you're going out to eat today, you can't order from a menu if you don't have emotions. Just bring me the gruel. I'm just going to eat to live. But you look at that menu, ooh, that sounds good. May not be, but it sounds good. You got a good picture of it. Without emotions, you wouldn't get married to that old guy with, the, you know, the crooked eye and, and the, you know, no teeth. I'm making fun. His ear flops like his, and he, you know, his nickname's Lucky. Anyway, you, 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 have got, you, 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 got, you need emotions, but you can't be moved by them to where you're going to structure your life around emotions because you're up and down all around, and you're self-focused if you just stay in your emotions. God don't want you self, that, the most depressed people are the ones that are self-focused. I'm not this, I don't have that, I don't have a 70-inch TV. I don't either. Well, who cares? You, you, 
get to, there you get into the comparison game. So, so David threw his, his pride away. How about B on your sheet? You danced was A, B, he prayed. There's a psalm that says David prayed three times a day. In Psalm 55, 17, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Are you praying? Come on. I mean, there's times, yeah, you need to get on your knees. You need to get in a place where there's nobody around. But I mean, driving down the road, you can pray. You can pray washing dishes. Hmm? You can pray mowing the grass. You need to be talking to God. You need to have fellowship with God. Fellowship, fellowship. Okay, there was, there was one guy I know, and he was on, his, his throat was hurt, vocal cords, and uh, the doctor said, don't speak for a week. Not even to your wife, just write it down. We're not, no talking whatsoever. After two days, his wife comes up and goes, are you mad at me? Because he hadn't said nothing. Communication. Are you, uh, is it that you're mad at God because you haven't prayed? Is it that you don't want to talk to him? Are you afraid of him? He knows your every thought and he still loves you. You can't hide on the black side of the moon. He still knows where you're at and he still cares for you. And he loves you. Get that right. See that? Uh, but, but he wants communication just like that wife wanted communication. Or my kids want communication. Or my grandkids want communication from me. God, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. The communication. See, praise and worship is communication. You better be telling your kids, you know what, I love you. You know what, you are awesome. You know what, you did so good on that. You're smart. I don't care if they made a D plus. They're getting better, okay? Come on. You got to start looking at the better side of it. And quit telling them how stupid they are. That's what tears down people. And you need to be a builder of men and a builder of women and a builder of young women and young men. And declaring who they are, they will inhabit that. They'll know. They'll remember you. I remember the people who spoke into my life. Speak into somebody's life. I don't care if you don't know them. You want these kids come up and hug me because I speak into their life. I tell them I love them. I tell them they look good. I tell them what kind of dress. Look at that dress you got on. You look good today. Look, look at those boots. Where'd you get those boots at? Communicate and talk. Carmela's little two-year-old said, Pastor Brett loves me. And I have never told him I love, I love him. But I always talk to him, and I'm always, hey, boy, and, you know, communicating. Yeah, I'm communicating love. Come on, we have got to communicate that with God. Well, you know, I'm just not that, I'm just not that emotional. Kind. It don't matter. Then just say, okay, God, it's me and you. You know, you know me, I love you. But going back to that ball field where you've, I've seen people scream and yell, and they won't, they won't even give God anything. What God, glory be to God. You need to learn to shout, glory be to God. You know, hallelujah is the universal praise to God. And why do we lift our hands? The Bible says lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. You, you know, get your hands up. That's, that's a universal sign of surrender. I'm surrendering to God. I lift my hands to surrender to God. That, 
You know what? The Bible says to clap, but hold on. I don't want to clap for God. I want to lift my hands to him. Why? Because you know what? I've clapped for basketball players, football players, movie theaters. You clap. Let's give God something a little different, something only he deserves. You know, you can go to a concert and they try to steal it. Man, I ain't worshiping that. How, oh, how about how about how about this? Let's pray. And we pray into our phone, are we? Oh, somebody threw that one at me. I'm like, get off my back now. Okay, forgive me, Lord. But we bow our heads and we lift our hands to the wrong thing sometimes. We need to be worshiping God. Come on, ain't nothing wrong with Facebook, but don't get on it till after you get in the word. And see, David sang and wrote songs, psalms, songs, psalms, poetry, psalms, just writings to God. Do you know there's 150 psalms? Do you know how many he wrote? 73. And 10 more are debatable. But he had people on his staff or people on his worship team that wrote them. Moses wrote some. Have you got one? What? Something that you have written down to tell God how much you love him. Just saying. It don't hurt to do it. Don't hurt to try. I mean, David appointed the Levites. Come on, y'all, y'all come on in here. You're a pretty good drummer. You're pretty good. You can play that harp. Come on, somebody with a flute get in here. We're going to worship God. He brought worship. It's important. Now, do you know that some of your best hymns were written out of despair? Do you know that some of the best psalms that David wrote were written out of despair? Ever heard, it is well with my soul. Lawyer in New York lost his son in the great Chicago fire. He's going to send his family ahead to England. We're going on vacation. Our hearts are broken. His wife and four daughters are on a ship, and they sink. And he writes it as well because he knows where they're at, just like you know where Grandma's at. Grandma passed away. She knows Grandma's in heaven. That is our blessed hope, that, that people that we know are in our family that are closest to us, when they know Jesus, there's nothing lost in God. I mean, can I, can I teach you something real quick? When somebody dies, don't say, thank, I'm sorry for your loss, because they're not lost if they're a believer. They just changed addresses. They moved to Arkansas, okay? No, they moved to heaven. They changed that. That's what I used to teach the kids in children's church. They changed. They moved from this place, and it wasn't painful. It was awesome. And uh, It Is Well With My Soul was written from that. There are some awesome songs that were written. Amazing Grace was written out of, I was desperate and despair, but God changed my life. And David wrote, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. We say it every Sunday morning. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Come on. He's talking to himself. Praise the Lord, you. Get up and praise the Lord. So, because this is where you get depressed in your solical man. This is where you get down and out in your solical man. And you need to learn how to, you're all right, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking through this mess. Spiritually, 
I said that his people ran through a troop of depression and leaped over a wall of despair and got a drink of fresh water. Sometimes you need to worship to get revived with God. When you get grandkids, they bring life to you. There was a study done that they went to a retirement home and all these people were sitting around and they brought these kindergartners in and they brought life. And the people started, hey, hey, and playing games with them. And they were, and when they left, the people got up and, and went out and went for walks and started doing them because those kids brought life. Are you bringing life? Come on, do you bring life to the room? Come on, if you worship, you'll bring life to the room. You need to be bringing life to the room. Now, not always that way. My daughter was taught preschool. She took a group, and they were doing Christmas songs. And the woman in the back was singing so loud with them. Then she stopped and said, y'all stink. You can't sing a lick. Anyway, but that's a true story. It's funny. <laughs> but Psalms will help us through the good times and the bad. But you know how we really need it in the bad times, don't we? We need to know that, that God's got our back. Let's look at number four. Psalms point us to God and teach us. And I'm going to give you real quick. And I got a real good, uh, God gave me a real good example too. I want to show you right quick. Number one, to remember God's faithfulness and power and goodness. No matter what hell you're walking through, God's a good God. And God has good things for you. And you know what? You may go through some mess before you, you, you get it, before you get to heaven. Man, anybody believe in living a long life? Hey, but you're going to a lot of funerals. Okay? I've done enough of them. I've been to enough of them. I sang at them. I sang. I did my dad's funeral. I sang at my grandmother's funerals. I, I've, I've done funerals. I've been a part of them. But you know what? I know where they were at. I made sure. Well, you're just a punk kid. No, I, I made sure. I want to go. Hey, let's talk, Grandpa. Have you ever accepted Jesus as Lord? I need to know this. And I sang at his funeral, and I shared that. That's the point that we have got to know who we are and what we believe, and we need to know the people around us are believing and knowing. And so, so this is, we cling to this life. I don't want to die. Heaven waits. Eternity waits. This is your life, and eternity goes on forever. We're going to live forever. Amen? And yeah, I want, I, you know, I, man, I was about eight or nine years old. I'm sitting in the back of the church. Jesus is coming, the preacher is preaching, you know. You need to give your Jesus coming. I go, wait, wait just a little bit. I, I want to get my driver's license and drive, Jesus. I, I Just wait just a little bit. And man, I'm 15, 16, and Jesus is coming. The preacher comes and preaches, you know. Can you just wait just a little bit, Jesus? I, I want to get married. I want to get married. And and, 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 and then I get married, and, 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 and it, well, Jesus is coming. I'm like, well, I want to have some kids, you know. And, and, and kids come, and, and then they get old enough to drive, and the preacher said, Jesus is coming. I said, come, Lord Jesus, come. <laughs> and, you know, the older you get, it's like, come on, Jesus, come on, come on. Because, you know, my great-grandmother, her funeral, I shared a testimony, and I never understood what she was talking about. But she would, there'd be bad, no, Vietnam War going on, things like that. I'm like six years old, five years old, great-grandmother, and she's, 
And she's like, there's a wash day coming, children. There's a wash day coming. And I'm like, what does that mean? And the day I did her funeral, I sang at her funeral, I, there's a what? Jesus is coming back to wash this earth. He's going to make it right. He's coming back. Y'all need to know Jesus is coming back. And you know what? They may dispel it. They may not, oh, yeah, I've been saying that since I was a kid. Well, they've been saying it, but boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. So many prophecies have been fulfilled. So many things that Jesus is coming back. And it doesn't matter if you got a baby in your arms and Jesus comes back, that baby will be fulfilled. Nothing's lost in God. I don't care if you lost a baby in the womb and uh, that, that child's in heaven and growing up to be what God's called it to be. You don't care if you lose a kid, a grandmother, a child, a son, a daughter. It doesn't matter. There's nothing lost. And see, I'm giving you something to praise about. You see, it's not, we're not praising God because somebody died. We're praising because we know that God's got them. We know where they're at. See, that, that's why we praise. That's why that we can have peace in the midst of the storm because God's got us. Or you can be washed to and throw and, and flopped around. Uh, no, number B is to rest. We need to learn to rest and dwell in God's character. His characteristics. God's got, God's got character. He's not moved. He's not moved by good times, bad times. He's not moved. He loves you, and he's got you, and he's wanting the best for you. But you got to get out of this and get into this. Well, I, 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 he knows you want to be married. He knows you want to have kids. He knows all that. Let's start trusting him. There's people, there's people, you called to ministry, but you don't know how to trust God. All right. You love God with all your heart, but you don't know how to trust him. You're trying to do it yourself. We try to do too much on our own. I think it ought to be this way. I think it ought to be that way. I think it ought to be like this. Opinions, remember last Sunday, opinions keep, kept the people out of the promised land. My opinions, I don't think we, we, we can. We're able. Ooh. Well, the two that said they could, they got to go. Joshua and Caleb. Opinion. It ain't about opinion. It's about this right here. Come on. And listen, this bears witness with itself. See, even our judicial system came up. And, and uh, we're in court. Do you have any witnesses, sir? You got two witnesses. Do you have any witnesses, ma'am? You got 14. Oh. We're going to listen to these 14, and they're probably going to dispute the two. You may can find two, two scriptures, but if I can find 14 to show you something a better way, you not kind of need to listen. This is, this is, the, the, this is what we, we judge it by. We look at what the Word says, and we live by what the Word says. This, this is the characteristics of God. Look at Jesus. Jesus said, what would the Father do? Jesus said, if you've seen me. You've seen what the Father do. What would the Father say? Jesus said, if you've heard me, I only say what the Father says. I only do what the Father tells me to do. And Acts 10, 38 says, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So, God's not the author of sickness. God's not the author of bad. But bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people. 
It rains on the just and the unjust. But we can on purpose serve and love God and expect him to move on our our behalf. And if he doesn't, we're still going to heaven. Ha ha, we still win. We always win. Miss Shirley's for one of her favorite scriptures. God gives us the victory through Christ Jesus. Victory. So, C is have joy in all circumstances. We got to have joy in all circumstances. Well, I, I quoted that psalm, why so downcast, oh, my soul? Why so downcast? Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God and your joy will begin to rise. Abraham, who had no hope, he's 100 years old and trying to have a kid. Okay, we're not going into that, but he believed God. He had joy through all the circumstances. I'm not talking about you're going to laugh because grandma died, but you're going to have this peace and this joy. God's got her. Yeah, God's got her. She's in heaven. Yes, she is. She's probably preaching to some people too and doing, doing this little shuffle that she always did. Isn't that right? I know her. So, in Psalms 119, 164, David said, I will praise you seven times a day. Because of your righteous judgments, I will pray seven times a day. Nobody got time for that. You can praise him. I'm telling you, you're sitting there singing, you get a line, now get a pole, honey, while you're washing the dishes or mowing the grass. You can sing something to Jesus. And you know, what, what really convicts me is, you know, and, and people think I know scriptures, but I know a whole lot more songs than I do scriptures. And you do because God invented music for you to help you remember. Yeah. God, you know, so, so any scripture you can put to music will help you remember it. And God gave us music, and, but, but we've perverted music to sing about other stuff. And it helps us remember that. And boy, how do, when you get depressed, you go, doom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. <laughs> If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. So let's go ahead and say it. There is no such thing as luck. You get up and you believe God and God will direct you and you make it. Amen? All right. Just for a second. In Isaiah 61.3, let's put it on the screen and let's read this right quick. Y'all ready? To console those who mourn in Zion, to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness. Y'all see that right there? To give beauty for ashes. All the ladies know that one. Beauty. Gonna leave it up there for us for about two more days. Put it back up. To give uh, and the oil of, of joy for mourning. And the garment of praise. I, oh, I was going to bring a rubber raincoat that I had, but I'm going to use this as my garment of praise. Okay? When trouble comes, I'm going to put my garment on. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to praise him. Uh-oh. There we go. And so uh, 
But let's talk about this garment just for a second. Let me get it, Jerry. That's why I don't put this thing on. In it. All right, here we go. You got to put on a garment. Now, I got a garment of praise on. And who's this garment helping? Me. Storm's still going on. Trouble's still here. I got my garment on. Depression and sadness are trying to come after me. I'm putting my garment on. The storm rages. The trouble comes. Sickness. Oh, my kids are sick. My wife's sick. Whatever's sick. I'm putting my garment of praise on. See, there, there's power in this praise that we're talking about. There's power to, to, to break through some things. And you have got to learn how to praise God. And, and, and so the whole gist of this thing is that we got to lay down our pride. Well, you know, Pastor, I'm not a real good singer. This, this girl won the U.S. Olympics in snowboarding, and she would keep her headphones on, and she couldn't sing a lick. And she going, amazing, grace, oh, sweet, the sound. Couldn't, and everybody around her is like, <laughs> like, good grief. But you know what? She was loving Jesus. And she would twist a knee and hurt an ankle, and she would go to church. Be, I've got to come back tomorrow, and she would have them pray for her. And she would compete the next day. World champions. And love Jesus. Learn how to worship. Learn how to put Jesus in the forefront. How to put him first in your life. You do it through worship. When I, when I did construction, man, we had the radio going. It was all about Jesus. And people come in and people come in and look at us like we're nuts. But you know what? It's about the Lord. And, and, and about me feeding myself. You see, you got to feed yourself spiritually. Worship's one way to open the door. Getting into the Word, listening to somebody, get a podcast of somebody preaching. Find your favorite one. You know why there's so many preachers? Because half of them I don't like. I don't, you don't hear me talk about them. But I pick the ones I like, and that's who I listen to. That's why. And there's some people say, oh, I love him. I'm like, I don't eat peanut butter, you know, and... It's just like you have different tastes. It's nothing wrong. There's nothing bad about them. You have different tastes. Of, you know, and we know God is good. You know, I need somebody yelling at me or something every now and then. But pick somebody you like and feed upon the Word of God because the Holy Spirit uses people different. There's some great Bible teachers right here in the room, and they... Teach the Word of God where people can understand it, and that's what you've got to do. So feed yourself. Learn to worship. Learn to praise. That was David's secret. One other secret that he had that I didn't bring up is in my notes is David was quick to repent. When David was caught, we'll talk about that next, when he was caught in trouble, he was always quick to repent, and he did some, some terrible stuff. Most said stupid, didn't he? My kids, you say, you never let us, you never let us say that when we was growing up. Here you are saying it in the pulpit. But David did some terrible things. But God's repentance brought him back. And we need to know that God's got us, y'all. And even when we mess up, that God's repentance will bring us back. We've got to learn to trust God. We've got to learn to trust him with more. Greater in our life. Ask him to open doors. Ask him to do things for you. 
I, I challenge you, you have faith for a reason. What are you using your faith on? Well, I, I don't feel like I have faith. It's not about feelings. The Bible says God has given to every man the measure of faith. And we're talking about our heroes of faith. Let me ask you, what can you believe God for? Something specific. Hmm? Something that's not life, depending on your life. Don't wait. Come on. Can you believe God to, to heal you of a headache and, and without taking Advil? Can you believe him for a pair of red socks with a white stripe around the top? Then you go, that's God. Something that you can hang your hat on. God spoke to me about that. God did that for me. I have those moments. I Remember, I call them a burning bush moment. Started Moses on the, woo, on the path. God wants to give you burning bush moments. He's a God who, who's personal. He's a God who cares. He God, he's a God who knows you. So, bow your heads and let me ask. I know most everybody in here is saved, but if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, will you give your life to him? Will you start the journey with God? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart everything about Jesus, that he's the son of God, born of a virgin, did miracles, rose again the third day, seated at the right hand of the Father and made a way for you to go to heaven as well. Is that you? Will you lift your hand? Come on, if never given Jesus your life before, just lift your hand. So I trust that's everybody in here. So you're a child of God. Then the challenge today is, will you be a worshiper like David? Will you lay aside your pride and lay aside everything else that the world scoffs at? See, music is powerful. Worship is powerful. And you're going to worship something. People in Africa worship trees and animals. People in China worship the sun and the moon. But will you worship the one who created it all? Father, I thank you for a new day of worship in every heart. I thank you that you stir us, Lord God, to live for you, to love you, and to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.